do we do with Patrick Corbin? Plus, let's preview week four next on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. Welcome into FBT in 5, a podcast that gets you caught up fast on the fantasy news and advice that you need to know. Follow and stream us on Spotify and anywhere else podcasts are found. Today is Friday, April 16th. I am Frank Stample, joined by Scott White. And got to start with Patrick Corbin, man. What is going on here? Going up against the Diamondbacks they, who had no Cattell Marte, no Cole Calhoun, no Christian Walker in their lineup. Two innings pitched, 10 runs allowed for Patrick Corbin. Scott, what do we do with Corbin? I think it's over. I think I, I think I'm ready to drop him in just about all leagues. I, I mean, obviously, you need something enticing to drop him for, but uh, I, I'm encouraged by what I saw from Michael Fulmer in his return to the rotation on Wednesday. I'm encouraged by what I've seen with Jacob Junis in his new cutter uh, on Thursday. I, I would drop Corbin for either of them, so that's getting pretty far down there. It's just 90 Miles per hour is all he's averaging on his fastball for a second straight year. He gave up more hits than any pitcher last year with the velocity down like that. He had the highest whip among qualifiers, and it's it's looking even worse so far. So I was, I was really, I think I think I turned around dependent on the velocity coming back. It hasn't come back, and there has been no turnaround so far. Yeah, it's been a rough go the last couple of years for Patrick Corbin. Last season, he actually led all qualified starting pitchers. In whip, so I think it's time to let go of Patrick Corbin. You mentioned Jake Junis, Scott. Do you want to add anything on him? Because I know that he was someone we talked about on the full length podcast. He's only rostered in fourteen percent of CBS leagues, and he looked pretty good on Thursday. Yeah, it needs to go up. Uh, introduced to cutter, and it's become his best pitch. His pitching coach said he had like the perfect arm angle for it, and I mean the results with it have been great so far. He allowed only one hit in his first start. He gave up uh, just two earned runs at five innings, six strikeouts, 11 whiffs, seven on that cutter, and that was in around 80 pitches, so a good rate. Uh, it, it may be a transformative pitch for Junis. I, he's highly available. I think he's somebody worth looking into at this point. And his next start comes in a pretty good matchup at home in Kauffman Stadium against the Tampa Bay Rays. Speaking of next week, the week four preview, Scott, give us some two start pitchers that you are looking at heading into next week. Yeah. So the most attractive two start pitcher who is going to be available is Brad Keller, who was terrible his first two starts this year, but made some mechanical adjustments, seemed to get back on track on the third start. His matchups this week against the Rays. These aren't your daddy's Rays. Not a good offensive team this year. Uh, and, and the Tigers. Definitely not a good team. So I, I'd be willing to run Keller out there in most leagues. Um, go further down, Michael Fulmer, who I mentioned earlier, he has the Pirates and the Royals. He's highly, highly available. It's, it's a little iffier whether I'd want to pick him up and start him, but you know you can't do much better than those matchups, and I think he's, he's somebody who's pretty interesting. Joe Ross, first two starts have been good. I'm, I'm not as confident in him. He's not showing a lot of swing and miss ability, and the matchups are kind of iffy but he is an available two-star pitcher who has shown some potential in the past and has looked pretty good so far. For what it's worth, I would start Zach Plesak in the two-star week. I would start Lance McCullers, who got knocked around his last start. One of his two matches is at Colorado, but I'd still start him. There are a lot of kind of fringy, like kind of borderline two-star pitchers like that. I, I lean yes on most of those guys. If they're worth rostering, they're worth starting when they're making two starts. 
Scott, let's go over to the hitter side. Who are some sleeper hitters that you're looking at? All of these names are rostered in 75% or less of CBS leagues. So, yeah, the Red Sox have the best matchups this week. So I liked Bobby Dahlbeck, especially since four of the pitchers on the schedule are left-handers. He's generally better against those. Phillies have good matchups. I like Andrew McCutcheon there. You know, obviously I have to pick guys who are available. He's off to a slow start, but I still think he's going to come back, and I think this week might be the time he does it. The Tigers have the third best matchup. They're especially interesting. Akil Badu is probably, probably not available anymore. You waited too long on him. Uh, but Wilson Ramos, surprisingly available. I, he's tied for the major league lead in home runs. I guess Acuna passed him. But six home runs for Wilson Ramos is hitting the ball really well. Jamer Candelario, somebody I like this week with those favorable matchups for the Tigers. And then Adam Eaton, I think he's pretty interesting, especially since there are no lefties on the schedule for the White Sox. He's off to a good start. And a few other names in deeper leagues, Philip Evans, Adam Duvall, and Renato Nunez. All three of those names are pretty hot right now. For more extensive fantasy baseball coverage, listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your smart speakers, or anywhere else podcasts are found. And thanks for listening to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. If you enjoyed the pod, please leave a five-star review on Apple. We'll be back again on Monday morning. Bye-bye.